I have a right to safety. I have a right to education. I have a right to my culture. Kids like me need to know about child rights and earlier age what to do about it. Today, the Canadian Council of Child and Youth Advocates asks you to make every day a day to stand up for children's rights in your life. If you are a young person who needs the help of an advocate, you can also find the advocate for your own province listed on cccya.ca. For Radio Change the World, a national day of broadcast by children and youth, the Yukon has spotlighted various voices of young people and allowed them to interview some influential adults in their community. This programming was produced by Chan FM in Whitehorse. I would like to introduce to you Annette King, Yukon Child and Youth Advocate. Today is National Child Day. This is a day that marks the anniversary of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. The convention is a treaty that is important to children all over the world. It was approved by the General Assembly in the United Nations in 1989. Many countries around the world have signed on to the convention and Canada signed in in 1991. So basically anyone under 40 years of age did not have this convention in place when they were a child. Canada agreed to these rights 28 years ago and there's still a lack of awareness about these rights or how to implement them. So on this National Child Day, I find it important to highlight a few facts about these rights as well as my experience in implementing these rights as the child and youth advocate. Children's rights are human rights that recognize the developmental needs of young people and the responsibilities of adults to provide support, care, and dignity for children. There are 42 children's rights that can be organized in four categories. Protection rights, provision rights, participation rights, and the promotion of these rights. As a child advocate for Yukon children, my role is to provide individual advocacy for children and youth and bring attention to systemic issues affecting children and youth. In addition, we provide public education about the role of the office and the rights of children and youth. So the primary role of the Child and Youth Advocate Office is to support, assist, inform and advise children and youth eligible to receive services of the Yukon government. We are legislated by the Child and Youth Advocate Act. And in every individual advocacy file, we review the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child against that issue. Our office, puts a strong focus on participation rights of young people. Our tagline is young people have a voice. Children and youth can realize their participation rights by having experience where they actually get to practice participating in decisions being made about them. We believe that the participation of young people is absolutely necessary in their development. Sometimes adults find this confusing or concerning. They want to know what their rights are and are concerned if children's rights are upheld that somehow this undermines their parenting. This is not the case. When children participate in decisions made about them, they are more likely to follow through with what is best for them. In addition, when children know their rights, they are more likely to uphold the rights of others. For example, children have a right to be safe and be protected from harm. When children learn and value this right for themselves, they are less likely to hurt others. And when children know that they have a right to an opinion, they are more likely to respect the opinion of others. Furthermore, children have a right to parental guidance. So simply thinking that if children have rights, it means they're entitled and can stay up all night playing video games and never go to school, that's just not accurate. Children have a right to guidance and to have their best interests considered by the people that make decisions for them. 
By teaching young people about their rights, amplifying their voices, and encouraging independence, we are building the leaders of the next generation. At all stages of development, children have something to say and therefore can be active contributors to their lives. I'd love to see a consistent level of service for children and youth that includes them in all decisions being made about them, at whatever ability they have in their developmental stages. At the Child and Youth Advocate Office, we observe the intergenerational impacts of residential school. When explaining children's rights, we refer to residential school as an example of a violation of many, if not all, human rights articulated in the United Nations Convention in the Rights of the Child. I attended the closing ceremonies of the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission in 2015, and since then I often ponder, what does reconciliation look like? We are demonstrating reconciliation by working with youth advisors to plan a Truth and Reconciliation Commission event for 2018, and we've partnered with the Jay's Care Foundation to do this. The event will incorporate culture, baseball, and the participation of young people in the development of this project. Our goal is to engage children and youth to promote the rights of children and youth. The Child Advocate Office's partnership with Jay's Care Foundation strongly promotes participation rights of young people by ensuring that this is a youth-led project. That, that doesn't just mean that youth are part of it or that it's for youth. It means youth are leading the way. We have youth advisors planning the event, and they've been actively involved in attendance at multiple network meetings that we've had to date with community service providers as well as elected officials. Our partnership with the Jays Care Foundation works to toward enhancing the opportunity for Yukon youth to come together to learn about their rights under the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child and to learn about the Truth and Reconciliation 94 Calls to Action. They're exploring their own values and their own meaning for reconciliation and at the same time promoting the right to play and, and learn about culture. These are the tools that we're using for these events. Youth who participate in this opportunity are networking with each other while engaging in building leadership skills through participation in activities that are focused on play. They also are generating ideas on how they can lead activities within their own schools and in their communities. This is an exciting opportunity to help youth recognize the potential within themselves. When we build up our young people, these kids are 11 and 12 years old, we are instilling protective factors that can have lifelong lasting impacts. And we're enhancing their self-esteem and confidence as they recognize their own capabilities and the possibilities of being young leaders. After partnering with the Jays Care Foundation last spring, over the summer we worked with four youth advisors. These 11 and 12 year olds formed the project. In October, we held a youth leadership workshop for 14 First Nations youth that uh, again 11 and 12 year olds where they learned about the project and focused on the value of play. You ask why are we focusing on grade 7 indigenous young people? Because the intergenerational effects of residential school still persist not only in the impacts on the survivors and their children but on the harm that children experience today in their families in their communities and by the government systems that intervene. My dream is to see a new future where children are safe and intergenerational survivors are able to raise their own children. Throughout this project, we have met many inspiring youth and families. There is a lot of strength in our communities, and I am honored to have an opportunity to highlight it. I believe that 11 and 12-year-olds see the world differently than adults. They are optimistic and idealistic, and their solutions are truly inspiring. In summary, 
National Child Day is celebrated to recognize that children have their own human rights. The convention bears in mind that children need special safeguards and care due to their physical and mental maturity. The United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child is a foundational document that guides the work for implementing children's human rights in Canada and specifically the work of the Child and Youth Advocate Office. I urge everyone on this National Child Day to learn more about children's rights and I urge you to talk to a child to hear their opinion. Today is a national day of broadcast for National Child's Rights Day. I'm being interviewed by Annette King, who is with the Child and Youth Advocate Office. My name is Billy Janine Richard. I'm with Kwan and Dunn First Nation here in Whitehorse. I'm from the Crow Clan and I'm 22 years old. Thank you for being part of this broadcast, Billy Janine, and it is absolutely my honor to interview you. I originally met you two years ago and you've been involved with our office to help promote the rights of children and youth locally and nationally. Why is this work important to you? There are many people, children, youth, and adults who are unaware that young people have rights or what they are. We all have a voice that deserves to be heard and if we cannot do so ourselves, we have advocates like yourself to make sure we are heard and our rights have been met. Uh, you have learned about the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, clearly from that answer I can tell. What is your favorite right? Um, my favorite is Article 27. Children have the right to a standard of living that is good enough to meet their physical and mental needs. Governments should help families and guardians who cannot, who cannot afford to provide this, particularly with regard to food, clothing, and housing. Everyone should feel safe within the living arrangements that they have. Yes, that's really important. It is, it is absolutely important for the governments to help when families need that support. As you know, Billy Janine, we are working on a truth and reconciliation project at the Child Advocate Office here that involves culture and baseball. We have 11 and 12 year old Indigenous youth leading the project. Um, for you as a 22 year old Yukon youth, what do you think of the idea of having young people lead the way to a new future? It is important to give young people opportunities to speak up and speak out so they become aware that they can be heard and what they say today can help us build a future that is outlined by their words and not just what we think they need or want because young people have a voice. That is our message, young people have a voice. My name is Billie Janine. I'm with Kwanlin Dunn First Nations here in Whitehorse and I'm 22 years old. I'm meeting with Grand Chief Peter Johnson from Council of Yukon First Nations on National Child Day to talk about children's rights. Grand Chief Johnson, can you tell me what you know about children's rights? Well, as a father of four, I realize that children have a lot of rights and when it comes to uh, having a healthy, well-balanced family, you, the children have a voice and uh, it's important to have all aspects, especially when it comes to family planning around uh, what's for supper. But more importantly, when it comes to, uh, you know, honoring and respecting the the individual, right? And each kid is going to be a different uh, child as they grow up and nothing is a cookie cutter approach. So 
we deal, I deal with my children from a very unique position from each, all four of them. So it's very important to honor who they are. They do have uh, a lot to, to offer every day. So and I learn a lot from them every day. And what do you think is the most important right for children to know? That they have a voice. I think uh, far too long that uh, children have been suppressed, um, especially from a First Nation perspective. I don't think there has been really the true equality given in the public uh, um, reality. I think, you know, just what we've gone through, particularly the last 150 years, have been really um, straining on the child, where First Nations traditional cultural perspectives have always been about the child first. and. Uh, about raising the next generation, teaching them those traditional values and customs so they grow up with a, a well-balanced um, approach to life. It's like uh, raising or fostering and developing a garden or harvesting or um, I should say, um, you know, like raising a tree, if you will. If you want that tree to grow up strong and have that sense of, um, you know, the strength that it comes from its roots, uh, the child has to be... Uh, cultivated, that's the word, in the same manner, right? So we use those analogies, especially when it comes to uh, when the birth of the child. In a lot of cases, we we put the um, the placenta under a tree, right, as an honoring of that child to allow it to grow up and foster. You put it under a young tree so that child grows up with that same spirit as that tree, if you will, strong with good roots. Oh, that's very interesting. One of my favorite rights is Article 30, which says that minority or indigenous children have the right to learn about and practice their own culture, language, and religion. The right to practice one's own culture, language, and religion applies to everyone. The convention here highlights this right in instances where practices are not shared by the majority of people in the country. How did you learn about your language and culture as a child? I just grew up in it, naturally. Um, Grandparents are a very big part of my life growing up, thankfully. uh, you know, within the early 70s in Tesla, a lot of our language was still spoken by a number of the, the older people, the elders. Um, my parents separated when I was four, four and a half, five. So it allowed me to be in a situation where my grandparents uh, raised me every, primarily every day. And plus my dad being in leadership um, as a chief, traveled a lot through during the negotiation phase for Together Today for Our Children Tomorrow. So spent a lot of time with my grandparents who were very uh, traditional people. Um, spent a lot of time on the land and kind of just naturally grew up in, with those values without really, you know, we didn't have to go to school to learn it. It was every day in our life and the language a very big part portion of that. Um, you know, we were, were always taught with a heavy hand and I mean that heavy hand was about uh, respect and uh, respect for others. Yet, you know, my grandma never raised her voice at me. It was all about explaining to me what, what I'd done wrong rather than spanking me, right? So really try to concentrate on um, continuing those values in my family to where we talk with the kids about what they've done wrong rather than just getting a smack, right? So kind of so naturally grew up with that and, you know, didn't think otherwise. But so today it's it's something that I uh, continue to pass on to my children because it's it's led me to be where I am at today because you need to have the best of both worlds, right? got to understand traditional aspects, but you also have to appreciate the contemporary and the evolution of us as First Nation people. And what can you do as Grand Chief to ensure leadership in the Yukon is learning about children's rights? Well, uh, I'm in the job where together today for our children tomorrow is our mandate, right? And 
we tried to change that mandate in 2008 uh, with no success at all because at the end of the day it's still relevant uh, as it was in 2008 as it is today and it will be 50 years from now. It's in, everything that we do, every decision that we make, every opportunity that we create is for the next generation and that is the ability not only to have you know, the opportunities given to them like any other Canadian, but here in the First Nation world and in the Yukon, we have, I think, even more opportunity based on our self-government agreements, our land claim agreements, to now set the bar for our own people in the sense of um, what they can do, where before, you know, our, our parents and grandparents were challenged with the ability not to vote. Uh, they weren't allowed to work in the public field. Uh, our veterans that went to, to war in Canada had to give up their Indian status in order to be uh, recognized uh, as Canadians, which, you know, we're not facing those similar challenges today. Our challenges are still very much, uh, uh, unfortunately, in the racism and from that worldly perspective, but it's important for me and, uh, and our leadership table to help promote that we're more than just a, a burden on society, that we are here as equal partners and we do have something to give back to society. I recently attended the Child and Youth Advocate Office Youth Leadership Workshop, where we introduced some young people to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Chief Johnson, can you tell me what the TRC means to you? Well, I think it's about building that equality. Um, unfortunately, the, the residential school impacted us uh, in many ways right and um, very little positive unfortunately out of that a lot of it was based on you know just abuse and undermining our values our traditions as first nation people so the trc recommendations all speak to the health and well-being of our people whether it be recreation or education or or justice or access to justice um, and so it's very important to understand that we have those rights and those abilities understood through this commission report that has been done it's up to now government to start putting those pieces into place to allow us to like i said not only to have opportunities given like any other society but uh, to recognize that we are the first people we do have our own laws and um, uh, traditions and cultures that we, the government needs to respect and now that we have uh, this outline it's up to us as leaders here in the territory to help ensure that our that our citizens our people our future generations have the same abilities for the right for justice right or the right to the proper health care that any other person has unfortunately even our own uh, indian act which is not ours i should, shouldn't say our own indian act but the indian act that is probably one of the most detrimental uh, pieces of legislation that have suppressed us as a people and um for, for government now to come forward and recognize that there has been inequities for a number of years, it's very important for us to take full advantage of that. The word reconciliation now is uh, a very key uh, word in regards to how we move ahead, right? And as far as I'm concerned, um, we need to put concrete actions into place rather than just words. So I think we're at a good point, but it's up to us, like I said, as leaders to ensure and enforce that uh, there is, they do have things that they have to follow up to. And what do you think is important for young people to know about the TRC? Well, that you have rights, and I think that's the, and you cannot just uh, settle for second best. And unfortunately, a lot of cases we've we've been enabled through the Indian Act, right? We've been uh, that the opportunity for us to have a right to self determination has been weakened by the fact that government has done um, 
we'll do it for you, right? And they still continue to think that they can, the government will tell us as First Nation people, this is how we're going to do it for you. We're here in the territory now, obviously, since 1995 and 93 being the enactment of the Umbrella Final Agreement, the game has changed. And uh, But still, through those 23 years of self-government, we struggle with just the recognition of being equal as governments here in the territory. So it's very important that we um, we hold our ground. Uh, we do have rights. Uh, they're constitutionally protected rights under chapter or Section 35 of the Constitution. Uh, even our agreements are entrenched in that. So the ability for us to um, to take our rightful place is here, and we need to we need to do that. My hope for the future is that young people in the Yukon and Canada will continue to learn about language and culture. Thank you for taking the time to meet with me today. And before we end, do you have any suggestions on how I can advance my leadership skills? Get involved. I mean, that's the biggest thing as me. You know, I I finished grade 12. Um, I don't know if I graduated with the full credits or whatever, but uh, the biggest portion or the biggest Part of my life was just getting involved with my government. Um, I spent 12 years in Tesla Clinic Council, uh, done everything there. And um, at the end of the day, I left as chief. And um, for me, that was the, the high mark. Um, but a lot of that was based on just getting involved within my community. Um, volunteering for recreation uh, was probably one of my biggest, um, you know, opportunities, right, to, to, to lead and try to create a healthy environment for our peers to grow up and especially in a small town but the government aspect you know there's a lot of responsibility and I took every responsibility with um, full full steam ahead type of thing so if there's opportunities for you to sit on committees or represent your first nation or get involved with youth committees or there's a ton of things that you can be involved in and that's the way you're going to start building your repertoire people are going to understand you know who you are as an individual and and at the same time you're going to understand who you are as an individual and always important to take any training or courses or anything that's being offered to you because that'll help uh, capacitate you right when it comes to to understanding and what you think you know now (laughs) will change dramatically especially in your 30s your 40s right so let alone when you reach your eldership so i wish you well and uh you're you're already stepping ahead right now right so you got to take Nothing wrong with that. Well, once again, thank you for your time. I appreciate you sharing your views and opinions with us. Thank you. I said my clicking name is Gokhasani, but my English name is Nairo Charlie. Wow, it's um, well. My name is Benji Clethro. I'm a citizen of the Tan Kwachin Council, and also traditionally uh, from Nacho Nayaktan, up up in the north. I really love to hear how you introduce yourself in Clinkit, Nigel. And um, who taught you how to introduce yourself that way? Uh, mostly my mom, but when my grandpa came over. He would teach my mom new words, and she she would teach us, and that's mostly where I learned it from. That's great that you learned that. And why do you think it's important for kids to learn how to introduce themselves? I think it's important because it teaches them where they're from, because my name means leader with many helpers, and it, and I my brother's name... 
Stolici, it means when you look down at the river and you can't see the bottom. Wow, that's so interesting. I'm really glad to hear that you know your name and your brother's name and in Clinket. By introducing yourself in a traditional way gives you a sense of belonging. Because like you like you just said, you say who you are, where you come from, and who your family is. And having a strong sense of belonging can help build um, close and trusting relationships. Today is Child's Rights Day. What is Child's Rights Day about? Child's Rights Day is Child's Rights Day is always on November twentieth. Child's Rights Day marks the day that Canada signed the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, which is a treaty to make sure children have rights and those rights are respected in Canada. How many rights are there? There's forty-two rights, and the Advocate Office brings forward. To Article 12, which is another way to say right number 12. The right of the child to have a voice in decisions that affect them when they're receiving government services. And a government service would be like, um, how I explain it to when I'm working with kids, is like if you have a problem with your teacher, your probation officer, or your social worker, and um, and you need help to bring your voice forward about what your view is or what your preference is. What about the right to play? Good one. Can you read it? Article 31. Children have the right to play and rest. That is my favorite right, the right to play. Play is the work of children. And children can work out lots of things through play, and they can get good exercise too. Why is it important for kids to learn about their rights? It is important to know your rights because then you'll understand them. Kids can learn to be responsible and uphold their rights once they know what they are. And you'll know when someone has gone against your rights and how to react. And children, when they learn their rights, and to res- when they learn how to respect others' rights, and um, because they know like all children have rights. And it makes you feel good knowing that you have these rights. Isn't that Article 42? You have the right to know your rights. Adults should know about these rights and help kids learn about them. Yes, that is right. Article number 42, the right to know your rights. And adults should learn about them so they can help kids uphold their rights. If you want to learn more about child rights, then come to the Yukon Child and Youth Advocate Office Open House today from 2.30 to 4.30. The Advocate Office is located at 2070 Unit 19 on 2nd Avenue, across the street from the old public library. Come and learn about children's rights, have a snack, and put your name in for a draw. This is Nigel Charlie signing off on this National Child Rights Day here in Waitrose, Yukon. Trinozo, Shoals Ray Madison, Trondequitin D. Che, Notsen D. Che, Clora Karen A. Chop Joe Mason A. Chop Shannon McKenna with Thu. Good day, my name is Madison. I am a member of Trondequitin. I belong to the Wolf Clan. My grandparents are Clora, Karen, and Joe Mason, and Shannon McKenna. 
I am 11 years old and I attend Jack Holland. Thanks for meeting with me. National Child Day of Broadcast is today, November 20th. It is celebrated in reconciliation of the UN Declaration on the Rights of the Child. So today, I'm here to interview Premier Sandy Silver about the rights of the child. Premier Silver, can you tell me what you know about children's rights? Well, as a, as a former teacher, um, you know, a, a good understanding of what the rights of the child are is very important to the job. So uh, when you apply that to your job as a premier, it's good to have that background as a teacher, uh, you know, somebody who's worked with, uh, uh, with, with children in, in Dawson City. For, for, uh, amongst other places. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, the, you know, the rights of the child are important uh, to treat children with the same rights as, as an adult. That's the most important piece. To, when I take a look at the, uh, the declaration, when I take a look at the, uh, um, the, the work of the, of the child and youth advocate here as well, uh, the conversations that I have with, uh, with uh, the advocate is based upon the rights uh, and, and how you can't differentiate between a child and, and an adult as far as rights go. Now, of course, how you interact with a, with a child is different, of course, than with an adult, but you need to understand the fundamentals of the rights of that, of that child as a person. What do you think is the most important right for kids? We, we were looking earlier uh, in preparing for this, and, uh, you know, I like to make decisions with our team. And uh, we were looking at all of the different uh, articles from, the, uh, from, the, from UNICEF and from the rights, and we decided that our, not just as Premier but as a team, the, the most important right for us is, is clearly identified in Article Number 3 uh, of the Declaration. Uh, this section speaks to, uh, to making decisions that are in the best interest of the, of, of the child. Uh, and that's a really important thing to consider as a leader of a government uh, in our role uh, and as the ministers, because this one directly relates to, uh, relates to children having a voice and having an opinion. And that's really important to us uh, in a democratic society. Um, you know, it's so important that people share their opinions uh, before they make political choices as well. Uh, we campaigned on, on, uh, on people being heard, and that speaks to us because this, uh, this article tell, talks to about, uh, you know, children... Are, uh, have a right and must be heard as well, and we should never dismiss a person based upon their age. So, if you're the boss of the Yukon government, does that mean you can get everyone in the Yukon government to learn about children's rights? What I can do is lead by example. Uh, you know, that's always the goal, uh, is uh, when, when you're in a leadership role, uh, my style is to try to lead by example. So that's the most important thing that, uh, you know, giving direction to our government is important, and we have uh, the ability to do that as, as Premier and as the Ministers, uh, to consider the respects of children uh, and their right uh, to make their own decision. So uh, when we review the laws and when we review the regulations uh, of the territory, we consider these rights when, we, when we're doing all that writing. Uh, so that's really important. That's a conscientious act that we put into our laws as we, as we, as we uh, define the rules of the government moving forward. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I look forward to seeing how children's rights are used and upheld as I grow up in the Yukon. Premier Silver, have you heard about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission? Yes, absolutely. Um, in, in opposition uh, is when uh, the, the recommendations first came out, uh, the calls to action from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and uh, we've been using them quite, uh, quite a lot in opposition to challenge the government of the day to make sure that they're moving forward to, uh, to, I- I- in, the, uh, in, in the direction of reconciliation. Now as a government, 
uh, we have an opportunity in everything that we do uh, to make sure that the actions that we do are based upon that concept of reconciliation. I'm a part of the Youth Advisory Group with the Child and Youth Advocate Office, which is working towards a Yukon Youth-led TRC event for 2018. I have learned that if I have learned that reconciliation means to me is we fix the harm that we have done to the First Nation people. Premier Silver, what does reconciliation mean to you? Reconciliation, it means a lot of things, and it's hard to define it into one or two sentences. I look at it as action. You know, you take a look at where we are in the Yukon right now, and you take a look at uh, what we're doing uh, as, as communities to make sure that... Uh, that everybody's voices are recognized and that we can move forward so that we can have a shared future. Um, and so it's the actions that we do right now that address some of the harms of the past that is reconciliation to me. And as a teacher, when I first got here teaching uh, over 20 years ago, um, self-governing First Nations, this Trinidad Jim was one of the first of the self-governing First Nations here in the Yukon. And to watch uh, that government uh, uh, adopt and, and move forward and, and grow, to me that's a huge piece of reconciliation because before that I saw a lot of students who had finished their education here. If they went on and got post-secondary education, they felt that they didn't have as many jobs back in their community. Uh, they would have to go to a big city to work in a government or come to Whitehorse to work in a government. And now with self-governing First Nations and, and with, uh, with the, the Umbrella Final Agreement, a lot of those citizens can get good-paying jobs with university degrees back in their hometown. And to me, that's called, a, it's a reverse brain drain. You know, so really smart people coming back and working in their community. That, in the last 20 years as an educator, was me seeing recon reconciliation even before what I knew, even before I really knew what that word meant, right? So that was really cool to, as a teacher, be part of uh, the community watching the, uh, the like huge growth in Dawson based upon uh, self-governance. So that's really important. Now as, as, a, uh, as the premier, you know, everything that we can do to, to have conversations with First Nations communities all over the Yukon and, and have government-to-government -government conversations and try our best to kind of coordinate our, 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 uh, what's important to us and take those lists to Ottawa and be on the same footing. To me, moving forward, that's going to make sure that all of our communities grow as quickly as we possibly can to build that capacity. Another one of those big words that you really have to think, well, what does capacity mean? Like it, it's, it's about a community's ability to do things for themselves and, and to determine their own future. So that's to me, is, is the important work of reconciliation. My hope for the future is that kids in Yukon continue to learn about language and culture. Thank you for taking the time to meet with me today. Before we end, do you have any suggestions on how I could advance my leadership skills? I'm going to ask you first, how old are you right now? Eleven. You're 11 years old and you're doing these types of interviews. I think you're, you're well on your way uh, to, um, to, to, uh, to, to bettering yourself and, and your education system. I, I, I would say one thing right now is um, you know, always be growing and always be learning. Uh, you know, school is one part of learning, but that's not it. You know, learn from your elders. We got some amazing elders in, in Whitehorse. Uh, we got some amazing elders, as you know, in Dawson as well. Uh, and uh, I think that's the biggest piece. Don't just learn in school. Uh, keep on learning with your elders. Keep on learning with your community. And just always ask what you can do to help your community. I think you're going to do pretty good in those pursuits.
Do you enjoy watching baseball? Yes. Yes, I do. Why? Um, I love how it's a really fascinating sport. Uh, you really never get bored watching the game. If, and if you're there at the game, there's fun intermissions. So you're never just sitting still doing nothing. Seventh inning stretch. Um, Who's your favorite baseball team? Favorite baseball team? Uh, i got to give this one to the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, we the North. Who's your favorite player? Um, my favorite player, as of right now, um, hmm, Josh Johnson. Do you enjoy watching baseball? Yes. Who's your favorite baseball team? The Blue Jays. Why? Because they're the only Canada team. Good answer. Who's your favorite player from the Blue Jays? Um, Kevin Plar. Why? Because he's because he catches the ball like Superman. What's your favorite part about being a kid? That you can go to school and have fun, and that you can have play lots of fun sports and um, tell your kids about them when you're older. What's your least favorite part about being a child? Uh, that you have to wake up early to go to school. You've been listening to Chan FM's contribution to Radio Change the World. Special thanks to the Yukon Advocate for Children and Youth, Annette King, Grand Chief Peter Johnston, Benji Clethro, Premier Sandy Silver, and all the young hosts, Billy Jean, Nigel Charlie, and Madison McKenna. I have a right to safety. I have a right to education. I have a right to my culture. Kids like me need to know about child rights and earlier age what to do about it. Today, the Canadian Council of Child and Youth Advocates asks you to make every day a day to stand up for children's rights in your life. The CCCYA is a group of advocates, ombudsmen, and representatives working to uphold the rights of all children and youth. This is especially crucial for Indigenous youth who continue to be overrepresented in the child welfare system. How can you stand up for child rights? Be aware and share information about child rights with your neighbors, teachers, and friends. Be ready to act when a child or youth needs your help. You can find resources about child rights and the council at cccya.ca. If you are a young person who needs the help of an advocate, you can also find the advocate for your own province listed on cccya.ca. This has been a message from the Canadian Council of Child and Youth Advocates. Thank you for listening to Radio Change the World a community radio broadcast about child rights in Canada. Ryerson student and youth advocate, Karis, heard about our broadcast and wanted to contribute. She wrote this song, Change the World, especially to remember all the children we lost this year and to empower the youth of tomorrow. Shoving me down
Loving my religion, my complexion, disability more than your perception. So much greater, but you're holding me down. Cutting me down, shoving me down, losing me now. If I could run away to a place where the sound of my voice is like waves crashing into the shoreless, no rain on top. Into the 
change.